Where'd you find this? Hello. 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 Ladies night. Right. Finally back on Friday. <laughs> yeah. Here with the dudes on a ladies night. Episode right. 112. It's our flu game episode. Yeah. This is our Christmas episode. So I'm going to have some Christmas themed stuff tonight. Ooh. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah. We're going to get crucified for our takes. Yeah. Tony's going to do his. Tony's going to do his game, but I'm also going to do a special Christmas game. It's not a new segment. I won't do this probably until next Christmas, but, um, do, yeah. Do I like, do I get a handicap on this as the Jewish guy? <laughs> like, do I get like a, like a stroke deduction? Well, isn't okay. Your, since, holiday over. <laughs> since, since, since you are, what are you quarter Jewish? No, I'm uh, all Jewish. I'll, what the canal that brought me into this world was Jewish. Therefore, hi mom. Hi mom. She is a good listener too. She really enjoyed telling me about how she listens to our podcast at your wedding. Love that, dude. It's the best. What a real one. Oh yeah, great. Of all the moms, she's she's a mom for sure. Yeah, I'm glad we have some great listeners out there. Hell yeah. Um, so episode one twelve. Uh, we have a ton of stuff to do. So, Ryan, you're up. All right. So, this week, I'm going with some games again. I'm going to remember some famous Christmas games. All right. Oh. So, yeah. Some fam- there, There's only been, I don't know, it seemed like maybe 15 or 20, maybe a little more, uh, actual games on a Christmas day. Because that has either fallen on a Sunday or a Monday. So let's start with the highest scoring uh, game ever on Christmas Day. It was uh, in 2020. The Vikings were playing the New Orleans Saints. You guys probably remember this game. Shane, maybe not. That was my first Christmas game. I thought this game was insanely broken when Alvin Kamara went for six. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Like I I said, uh, uh, 2020. Vikings, New Orleans, Kamara gets six touchdowns. It's the highest scoring uh, game ever to fall on December 25th. Let's see. Taysom Hill grabbed the other touchdown for the Saints when they got to 49 points. Yeah, they just from two. Yeah, two rushing touchdowns and extra points and only one field goal attempted. The other Vikings touchdowns were Dalvin Cook, uh, Mike Boone. And they even had three passing touchdowns. But in the end, it was Alvin Kamara's game. Uh, Let's go 2016. uh, Baltimore Ravens versus Pittsburgh Steelers. So that's a rivalry game. Let's see. The Ravens were 17. The Ravens were up 17 to 10 ahead of three quarters in what had been a rather composed game. But in the fourth quarter, um, they scored 31 points. Hell yeah. Um, Thank (laughs) Thankfully for the Steelers, 21 of those were theirs, and they stunned their rivals in a 31-27 to win in a Christmas classic. Let's see. Antonio Brown got one. Le'Veon Bell got one. Nice. Xavier Grimble. <laughs> what the um, fuck? Yeah. Hell yeah, Xavier Grimble. All right. 2010, Dallas versus Arizona. Arizona wins 27-26. to Okay. 
the Arizona Cardinals uh, had a dramatic win over the Cowboys um, as their late field goal won the game with seconds left to run off the clock. Uh, they trailed 26 to 24 when they managed to work their way into the field goal range and kicked to win with under 10 seconds left. Damn. There you go. 2010 yeah. Cardinals. Mm-hmm. Might have been. I'm trying to think who was quarterback for the 2010 Cardinals. Is it Kurt Warner? Might have been. I mean, that's very well could have been. But the Cowboys dominated the second half, um, outscoring the Cardinals 14 to three until the final drive of the game, and then obviously the game-winning field goal. Derek Anderson. Who? Derek, Derek Anderson. Anderson. Yeah, remember he was on the Browns too. He sucked. Oh yeah. Larry Fitzgerald got screwed, man. All right, let's go to the year 2000. Millennium game. All right. (laughs) Tennessee Titans. All right. Versus Dallas Cowboys. Y2K. All right. Tennessee wins 31 to nothing. There you Uh, go. Yep. The Titans turned four third quarter turnovers into 24 points. Only a single field goal registering points for the rest of the game. Their defense just outdid the Cowboys and... Oh, that year that was the year uh, Titans went thirteen and three. Okay. Um and they but they lost the divisional playoff game twenty four to tender to the Ravens. That was, was that a Ray Lewis team? Oh yeah. Two thousand. Yeah. 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 And then uh one of the better ones for the Bears on Christmas Day, uh when they played against Brett Favre on Christmas Day in two thousand five. If you know anything about the Bears back then, they tended to not do really that well against Favre. You know, it's been the plight of the, you know, beginning of the century. So yeah. having only Favre and Rodgers and now Love. Um, but the Bears um, intercepted four Favre passes in this game. And the Bears uh, won 24 to 17. Um, that was the first time. Yeah, that was the first time that the Bears swept the Packers in the division uh, with two games won since 1991. So it it had been 16 years since uh, that had happened before that. Those were those Bears teams with Erlacher, Briggs, Tillman, Mike yeah. Brown, like Julius remember, no, uh, Peppers, Agunawale. Remember Patrick Manley? Yeah, long snapper. Yeah, well, it was a special game for him because his daughter was born. Um, the day before that and he got a um footprint of his newborn daughter and wore it like a tattoo on his forearm for the game hell yeah yeah and that was some great christmas games the one being the best where Favre got sacked four times (laughs) Um, (laughs) obviously but yeah just a little christmas game nostalgia for you hell yeah that was wonderful was was that Christmas game, the first instance of Taysom Hill bullshit, or was Taysom Hill bullshit happening all season? I can't remember because that was the year that Breeze got his ribs exploded, right? Uh, we had already established Taysom Hill bullshit, I believe. Okay, okay. Um, I feel like it's always been here and it'll be here long after we all disappear because <laughs> he's um, like 45, right? Like, he's never gonna leave the league. No, it's the power <laughs> of Christ, <laughs> it's true. All right. I do I do have a Christmas related one. Take it away. All right, so it's the holiday break. I'm going to keep it light 
let's all get us all home on time. So I went with someone who was born on Christmas and is a wide receiver I would draft in the racist Pro Bowl with a sneaky, fast lunchbox guy named Dave Peaks or Parks. Sorry. Parks. Okay. So Dave played both sides of the ball while he was in college for Texas Tech Red Raiders between the years of 1961 and 1963. In the second season, he was named All-Southwest Conference, and during his senior season, he became the first player in Texas Tech history to be named All-Pro, or sorry, All-American by the Associated Press. He also earned nominations from four other papers at this time, as well as an invitation to the East-West Shrine Game, which is basically the college all-star game during that period, the Senior Bowl, and the Coaches All-American Game. So during his tenure at Texas Tech, he set the record for 80 career receptions, 32 receptions in a year, eight receptions in a single game, and 132 yards in a single game. So he also set the record that is standing to this day with a 98-yard interception. Yeah. Whoa. Damn, 98 yards? Hell yeah. So Parks is one of five Texas Tech players to have his jersey retired and was inaugural member of the Ring of Honor at Texas Tech. So Parks is also the first and only player in Texas Tech history to be drafted first overall in the NFL draft which took place in 1964 by the San Francisco 49ers. He is one of three wide receivers to be drafted overall. Do you guys know who they are? Number one overall drafted wide receivers? Uh, Keyshawn Johnson's one of them. Ever? Uh, yep. Yeah. You are correct with Keyshawn Johnson. Uh, we're, playing, we're, we're, we're playing three games today now. Yeah. <laughs> Um, <laughs> we might have talked about this guy in the past. Deion Sanders? No, he was like sixth. Was it in the two thousands or the nineties? Uh, I don't know that answer off the top of my head. Okay, because Irving Fryer was, I think, second. Was he second overall? He yeah, was to, to, it was in the nineties. Yeah, he was. Yeah, we just did him. Yeah, he was like second overall. Okay, so it wasn't was the nineties. It's it's Irving Fryer. Is it? Yeah. It is. Yeah. Yeah. We're gonna we're gonna give that to you guys. That was that was that was good. Cool. So six games into his rookie season, he set a franchise record for the longest reception of eighty three years, and a week later he set the second highest record at eighty yards, both of which stood for thirteen years. Nice. I bet you, I bet you can get who beat those. For other interception returns? No, no, no. This is just receptions for the 49ers. Oh, Jerry Rice. Come on, baby. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So 1965, he earned the triple crowd record in the NFL, which is leading the league in receptions, yards, and touchdowns. And he went in that season 80 for 1,000... Sorry, 1,344 and 12 touchdowns. He was named to the Pro Bowl and All-Pro that year. He would be named to the Pro Bowl and All-Pro the following year. And then he would be named to the Pro Bowl the following year after that. So the Niners let him go, and he was signed to the Saints, where he was the and this this was the second of only four instances in the NFL history where they exacted they enacted the Roselle Rule. So the Roselle Rule basically means that a team must be compensated for a player they lost in free agency by taking something worth equivalent value, which is usually a pick. So the right. 49ers received Kevin Hardy in the trade, which they would trade to Green Bay, or sorry, who they would trade to Green Bay in 1971 for a second rounder, and they would get. Um, the Saints first rounder in 1969. So I think the Saints have always just been like able to fleece the league on draft picks and just use them efficiently. Uh, yeah. And he would play five seasons for the Saints and play one final season for the Houston Oilers in 1973. 
He ended his career with 360 receptions, 5,619 receiving yards, a 15.6 yards per catch average, and 44 touchdowns. Damn. A lot of tutties. Yeah, he was really good. Uh, he would enter the College Football Hall of Fame after being the associate director of the Texas Rangers and inventing the Speedy Weedy. So I looked up what the Speedy, Speedy Weedy is, Weedy. and the first 20 hits on Google are just weed delivery services. So I had to do a little bit more research. And apparently it was this like archaic weeding claw where it would come down over a single dandelion and take the single dandelion out and throw it in and in a receptacle and that was like the speedy weedy huh that's well, my guy i guess i know what the episode's titled <laughs> that was awesome that's dave parks um all right i i have my work's cut out for me here but uh i i found an interesting enough dude to profile uh and i had to dig deep in fact i had to go to the arena football league so uh, we're gonna, oh yeah, we're doing arena football this week, boys. Let's go! Hell yeah! Uh, we're gonna rush. No, you wish. Um, we're gonna we're gonna talk about an icon by the name of Barry Wagner, possibly Wagner. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Okay. Wagner was born in '67 in Greensboro, Alabama. He played wide receiver and he was a backup quarterback in high school. Uh, he went to Alabama A and M. So uh, uh, HBCU, historically back college. And he broke like every receiving record that the college had. And, and so like, you know, HBCU, you wonder about like how crazy are the stats? Well, like all the records were uh, previously held by NFL Hall of Fame wide receiver John Stallworth from those 70s Steelers teams. Okay. Um, so Alabama A&M actually also brought Robert Mathis, former Colts pass rusher to the NFL. And also another graduate of Alabama A&M, Reuben Stoddard, who won season two of American Idol. What, Reuben Stoddard? Yeah, Damn. dude. I know. Uh, so I don't have a ton of college stat porn for, for Bobby Wagner, sorry, Barry Wagner, but I can tell you that he had one game where he caught 23 passes for 370 yards and five touchdowns. Oh, my God. Jesus. <laughs> yep. So he goes undrafted in 1990 by the NFL, but in 92, his career as an arena football legend starts as a member of the Orlando Predators. Ooh, by the way. is That's, this foreshadowing? <laughs> no, no, thank God. But I was like, what an unfortunate choice for a, for a team name. So he played wide right. receiver and DB in Orlando. So let's talk about two back-to-back games that the Predators had in 92 in week two orlando won a game 50 to nothing yeesh this is the only arena league official shutout of all time it's a 50 yard field For real yeah <laughs> like how do you not the score shut out yeah, yeah i guess that's true <laughs> you're just you're just that shit <laughs> um so the next week barry wagner becomes an icon in less than one minute the Predators are down against a team called the Detroit Drive. They're losing 42-32 to 32 with 49 seconds remaining. In that 49 seconds, Wagner caught two touchdown passes, two two-point conversions, recovered an onside kick, and made the game-winning tackle. What? This is called the Miracle Minute, 
and it's apparently like one of the greatest moments in arena football history. But of course, there's like no video of it anywhere. Oh, there's not. Damn, it. I was just gonna see if I could find it. But like, you could Google the Miracle Minute. Like, people wrote about it. Sure, sure. He actually played for the Bears in 1992. Um, after that season, he was a special teams guy, and he did catch one pass for 16 yards from Jim Harbaugh. Fun, fun what? fact. Yeah. So then, after that season's over, you know they didn't bring him back, so he goes back to Orlando. Now. From 92 to 97, Wagner won the AFL Iron Man of the Year Award, which is the award for the best player that played both offense and defense. What a thankless won- job, dude. <laughs> hey, oh, this oh is yeah. Like the minor leagues, but you got to do both. Yep. Uh, he won it six years in a row. Uh, he gets traded to the New Jersey Red Dogs, and then as a new collective bargaining agreement is reached, he actually somehow becomes a free agent and decides to sign with the San Jose Sabercats. Uh, he wins the Arena Bowl twice with San Jose. He leaves, gets cut by the Tampa Bay Storm, and then signs with the Daytona Beach Thunder of the World Indoor Football League. Damn. As, so dude, as the, is that on like a 25-yard field? Uh, dude, it, no, I think it, 50 is the agreed-upon gentleman's agreement. These just sound straight up like money laundering schemes. Oh, dude, I'm about to read to you a sentence. I'm going to read you two sentences back to back and and just think about how all these words are arranged. So the World Indoor Football League season ends early and so then he rejoins the AFL to re-sign with Orlando like in for their playoff run. Okay. So he he rejoins them for their playoff run in 2007 and retires at halftime of a Friday the 13th game against the New Orleans Voodoo. Oh. Damn. Haunted. Crazy. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right. I hope you're ready for some arena football stat porn. Let's do it. 991 receptions. Oh, my God. What? (laughs) He's sixth all time. 13,363 receiving yards, which is fourth all time. Damn. 265 receiving touchdowns. That's 10th. Jeez. 127 rushing touchdowns. That's second all-time. And in case all that wasn't your bag, he's third all-time in tackles with 677. He's ninth in interceptions with 47, and he's 11th in interception return yards with 527. Dude, he's just Damn. beating up on children. I know. Right? He, he was named the second greatest arena, arena football league player to ever play behind a guy who turned out to be Antonio Brown's dad. (laughs) Damn. Fun fact, Barry Wagner is another player that we've covered on this podcast who had a bit part in the movie Any Given Sunday. He was in that? He was like an uncredited extra, uh, but, you know, Irving Fryer, Terrell Owens, and a million other dudes were in Any Given Sunday, so he's in that elite group as well. Damn. His son is a defensive back that entered the transfer portal out of Western Kentucky and didn't sign anywhere. And so as far as I know, Barry Wagner trains athletes in Orlando up to the current day. And uh, that's Barry Wagner, Arena Football League legend. Damn, that's a good story. So you know how there's always that question of like, if you had 10 snaps, can you get 10 yards in the NFL? Do you think you could score a touchdown in the Arena Football League? 50 yards, you think you could do it? 
No. <laughs> nope. No. Um. Yeah, my knees would blow out. I'd no, die. I. Yeah, I would. <laughs> I would. I would be if I got hit. I would turn into like a fine mist. Um. All right, Ryan. Let's game it up, dude. Right. Show us what you got. This 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 game won't take too long. But in the spirit of Christmas, I looked up. I looked up some stats on Christmas trees. All right. <laughs> oh God. So. Douglas Fur. Give... <laughs> no, no, not names. Uh, okay, so out of the 50 states in the United States, all right, there are 10 states that I want you to guess, and they are the top 10 Christmas tree producers in the United States. I'll start with seven guesses that I'll let you get wrong, um, and I'll give you a hint. There's only two in the major West Coast. Okay. Are we doing states? Yeah, so rank 1 to 10 from the states that pr uh, produce the most Christmas trees during the Christmas tree season. Do we have to do them in order? No, no. Okay. Just got to just got to get right. them. The, the right, two Shane. West Coast the two West Coast ones I'm thinking of are uh Washington and Oregon because they're the only West Coast places that produce trees. I sign off on both of those. You guys want to do both of those? Yes. All right. Well, you got both of them. So now let's go. Uh, let's see. Oregon cuts almost 5 million trees every year. This is just shows you how bad the uh, forestry industry is. I was going to say, um, this is really depressing me already. Yeah. <laughs> 92. And what's even more depressing, 92% of those are shipped out of state. And you also said um, Washington, Washington, right? Yeah, they're number six. So Oregon's number one. Washington's number six with a little over half a million trees cut every year. All right. So you got the two West. So so now everything will be. Except the for one, <laughs> except for one east of the Mississippi. But this one is only West because the Mississippi runs through it. All right. So. First, we got to do, I think we got to hit like Vermont. Yeah, it was Vermont or Connecticut was going to be my first one of those guesses. I'm down with uh, Vermont. Yeah, let's run Vermont, Ryan. Nope, not enough farmland. Uh, that is not on the what? list. Vermont, strike one. What about Maine, Tony? Thinking Maine? Yeah, I see Vermont to me seemed like such a no-brainer that now I'm questioning Maine. You know what I mean? You think, it, you think it's you know what too I mean? cold? <laughs> um no. It, eh. no i do know someone from maine she's kind of weird so yeah all right we gotta think ryan said the mississippi runs through it is that tennessee are you going with tennessee am i allowed to look up a map <laughs> i'll give you a hint the mississippi you know borders a lot of these states but right. there's one state Actually, there might be two states that it, one's not going to be obvious, but there's one where the Mississippi starts. I'll give you that. Is oh, it, so we could just, is it, you want to do Minnesota? Yeah, sure. All right, let's All right, go. Minnesota. You got it. Minnesota. So uh, every other state you were thinking of borders the Mississippi, but this is where it flows through because it starts. So Minnesota is number nine. Almost two hundred thousand trees cut every year. Uh, sales around five and a half, five and a half million. That's number nine. I was going to guess Ohio next, but that 
that does not have the Mississippi going through it. So that takes off my guess. Well, uh, no, no, that not you got the one state. So now everything is east of the Mississippi. Okay. Okay. So what do you think about pure Michigan? Lot of lot of trees in that bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck Walker. Where were you? Walker. (laughs) Uh, Do you want to fire it up? Yeah, let's go. All right. Go Michigan. That is correct. Number three, Michigan. A little over one and a half million trees cut every year. It's a lot of trees. So you got all right. You got four. All right. Yeah, you want to let it ride with Connecticut? Sure. All right, let's do it. Connecticut. Connecticut is not on my list. Uh, too small of a state and not enough federally and state protected land. Oh, okay. I feel like they got a lot of uh, deciduous, a lot of a lot of trees that drop their le- drop their leaves as opposed to. What are they? Perennials, annuals, annuals. Um, I, would, uh, I always feel that. I, it, I always feel that part of herbology. Yeah, the, fir, fir, fir trees. Yeah, the indicas. Um, <laughs> right. I'm kind of feeling Tennessee, man. Sure, let's let it rip. A lot of forests. Tennessee. He said, get, he said we get seven wrong, so that's fine. Strike, <laughs> strike three. Shim it. Uh, you guys don't have a lot of furs in illinois right i will um, give you a hint it is not illinois <laughs> i was gonna say i don't think it is all right i'm looking at a map of the country i don't give a fuck <laughs> um i could see i could see a kentucky i could see a mississippi are they too humid in mississippi does it snow in mississippi god i'm so california i'm so california dude conifer trees those are yeah um those those are more north right where it's colder should we should we aim more towards canada what do you think about new what do you think about new york i was gonna say upstate sounds pretty good yeah let's go new york all right new york's number eight uh three hundred thousand every year rookie numbers (laughs) um i will say like Pennsylvania is a giant ass state and outside of both like far sides, there's like nothing in the middle. So that, yeah. Do you want to hit Pennsylvania? Sure. Let's do it. Pennsylvania. Number four, over 1 million trees cut every year. Hell yeah. Three strikes, six down. Ah, do we just, it's not, it's not Iowa, right? They're just corn. Other side of the Mississippi. Oh, sorry, I'm not looking at a map. I'm not. Oh, you're cheating. good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I could see like I would fuck with like a Virginia, a Kentucky. Virginia's like Virginia. probably safer. Yeah, Virginia, Ryan. All right, number seven, a little under half a million trees. What about Bullshit. this one, West Virginia? Uh, West Virginia is pretty small, but I'm I'm with yeah. it. Let's go, West Virginia. West Virginia, no West Virginia. Damn it, it was too small. It's all coal mines. Fuck what you, you, Mitch McConnell. All right, let me drop this on you. <laughs> what about Georgia? Like, Georgia and Florida got to be in this conversation. I don't... Is this the right climate, though? I don't think Florida's the right climate. Georgia... Probably not. Maryland's too small. Have we said Kentucky? We haven't, but you know what? We haven't said Maine either. Do you want to roll with Maine? Sure. 
Let's go Maine. Maine is not on the list. Damn in it. this Fuck. case, in this case, too much federally and state protected <laughs> land. All right, we need three more. I don't think it's New Hampshire. Have we said Ohio? Or is that we, Mississippi? We did not say Ohio. I'm ready. I'm ready to I'll roll with Ohio. Okay. Let's do it. Ohio. Ohio. Ohio is number 10 on the list. Let's go. There it is. All right. So they are a little over 150,000 trees every year. Um, you have two states left to guess. One is number two and one is number five. Would and you was, are at five misses. Would Wisconsin follow in the line of logic that next to Minnesota and Michigan? Yes, it would. I'm, yeah, I'm down. Roll with, you want to roll with right. Wisconsin? Yeah. On Wisconsin, Ryan. All right. Wisconsin, number five, uh, with over 700,000 trees cut every year. All right. So you only have number two left. Let me know if you want me to give you a hint. No, man. We, we got this. Okay. I, I is it the colonel? I to me, honestly, it's there's between three. It's Illinois, Indiana, and Kentucky. I mean, we got three guesses. We got three guesses. So Illinois, sim- well, Illinois, I, simply I, because I, of size. I, I, I already told Illinois. you that Illinois is not on there. Right. Okay. Let's do. Let's do Kentucky. All right, Kentucky. No. Wow. Six misses. You want that Make- hit now? Yeah, because it's you guys won't get this unless I give you the hint. Um, this state uh, has beaches on the ocean. Is it Massachusetts? Do they have beaches in Massachusetts? They're next to the ocean, right? They are. But I don't know if they have beaches. I'm sure they do. I'm sure I sound like a fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, wait. So we're missing number two, right? Yep. It's not North Carolina, right? Uh, I'm worried that it is. Massachusetts. You know what? Everyone from New York goes to Massachusetts to see the trees. Let's do Massachusetts. Massachusetts. Wrong. Fuck, dude. I got like every single one wrong. We're never trusting me anymore. I tank these (laughs) games. You guys guys are going to be very pissed because now now you lose the Christmas tree uh, giveaway game. Damn it. It was North Carolina with oh, over four million, four million trees sold every year. No, the Tar Heels. They got us again. They got a lot of that rural land that's all privately owned. We're going to go lick our wounds, and we'll be back with the DFS lineup <laughs> uh, on the other side. And goodbye. Yes, 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 yes. We are so back. Um, fresh from the... Ryan gave us a scolding for our lack of Christmas spirit uh, while we were doing our DFS lineup. And through our embarrassment, we agreed that we were going to go with uh, Baker Mayfield and Joe Flacco as our quarterbacks this week. Uh, our running backs, we're going to go Brees Hall and Chuba Hubbard. And we are going to go... Mike Evans, DK Metcalf, and Jalen Waddle at receivers. I'm pumped as hell for David Njoku to be as cheap as he is. He's he's on the team. Uh, let's let's do it, you guys. We did well last week, but not good enough. So 
Got to chase that big cash. Sure. So, Ryan, for people that are chasing the big cash this week, it's time for you to tell us about Ryan's mid-tier kind of shitty tight end of the week. Of the week. Of the week. Of the week. All right, guys. I hate to have to do this, but we're going with a Packer. At 5,300, we're going Tucker Craft. All right. Got a oh. touchdown last week. Um, it seems like uh, the Green Bay receivers are kind of banged up, and he kind of uh, took a good role last week. Tucker Craft, 5,300. Secondary tight end of the week. We're going to go Kate Otten at 5,200. I really like Baker balling out this week against Jacksonville, which could actually end up being a pretty high-scoring game. But, yeah. Are Tucker you Kate Otten. Are you super excited that uh, over the holiday break that I'm about to start, I'm going to start compiling lists of dudes for us to start scouting? Let's go. I'm so ready. We... Yeah. So Rock, Tucker Craft Gowers. Oh, yeah. Ryan's going to take Brock Bowers 102 in Superflex. You know, you know what's funny, though? I was thinking about this the other day. I was like, I hate when college puts this narrative out of like, oh, they're injury prone. And we're like, that ain't fucking real. And then I look at Luke Musgrave and I'm like, God damn it, it is real. Mm-hmm. But then Puka Nakua, though. So yeah, two sides of the coin. It's all just a crapshoot, man. None of us know anything. Um. All right, Shane. Hit us with your lines this week. All right. Um, we're going kind of chalk on most of these. Um, one of them was our DFS play of Ninjoku on Sleeper. I took the over of 50.5 receiving yards. Seems like pretty easy money since he put up 90 and 105. So Houston is the fourth worst defense against tight ends, and Ninjoku has gone buck wild ever since he got his face blown up and Joe Flacco has been under center. Yep. So this kind of feels like an easy target, and I feel like he's going to knock me out of playoffs this week. So we might as well win some money. Yeah. There you go. Uh, the next one, I got JT over 68.5 rushing yards. This isn't really an indictment on the Falcons rushing defense as it is really, really good. I think they're like second or third best in the NFL. It's more of an indictment to me on what this game script is going to take place. I feel Indy is going to ragdoll my boy Taylor Heineke and just kill as much clock as possible. Um, it won't be as bad as an experience as Chargers versus Raiders, which I missed out on. Um, Fortunately or unfortunately, <laughs> um, but I but I think we're at a boiling point on this team, and I believe that the team's going to quit on Arthur Smith here real soon. Yeah. And then this is transitioning into a hater a hater segment. So Sam Howell under two hundred eight point five passing yards. I think this is the end of the line for the Chicken Nugget King since he got benched yeah. last week. And even though they said that he's going to be the starter going forward, I think this is kind of the end of his tenure. And no one has really been able to do anything against the Jets. Um, Sands the Dolphins last week, but that was like more of a defensive game sure. from what I saw. Um, and for a QB that takes a bunch of sacks and throws a bunch of picks, I don't really have a lot of faith in Sam Hell, and I believe this is peak disaster game time, even though he's going to try to sing it 40 times, and I believe that he's gone along with Riverboat Ron next season. Does Jacoby Damn. Brissett, oh. does Jacoby Brissett play uh, at least one quarter in this game? I think so. I think he's going to throw two picks and they're going to bench him. Okay. I'm with it. I like it. David Njoku over 50 and a half receiving yards. That's actually one of my bets of the week for Gambletown. Um, Jonathan Taylor over 68 and a half rushing yards. Sam Howell under 208 and a half passing yards. 
Ryan's tight ends of the week, Tucker Craft and Cade Otten. All right, fuckers. Let's do this. Oh, yeah. I'm there have been. Here we go. It's time for the game. There have been 13 40 or more fantasy point performances in a single game this season. No defenses. No defenses. Four point passing touchdowns. So you are going to have to name. Hang on, hang on. So you're going to have to name eight of the 13. What's your question? What do you got? So it can be any offensive position, right? Quarterback, wide receiver, running back. Okay. Hunter. I Okay. Uh So you're going to name eight. Two players are on here twice and will count for two if you can hit them. Two players are on the list twice. So that means only 10 guys, 10 actual guys have done it. And two guys have done it twice. 10 unique guys. But if you get a guy that was on there twice, it will count for two. Of the eight. I know, okay. I know one guy right at the top because I saw this stat today because we were talking about him. Lamar Jackson. So let okay. me do the breakdown first. Two performances are quarterbacks. Four performances are running backs. Seven performances are wide receivers. So four quarterbacks. No, it's two quarterbacks, right? Two quarterbacks. Two oh, QBs, two. four running backs. Seven wide outs. Seven wide receivers. Four running backs. No tight ends, correct? That is correct. Okay. So, Shane, you wanted to start with Lamar? I would like to go Lamar. The strike one, homie. Fuck. Whoa. Damn. Okay. Um, Shane, what was that game uh, within the first, like, five to seven weeks of the season where A-Chain and Moster had those crazy running games? That had that to be over 40 points, you think? or no? Denver, yeah. Um, yeah, I think A-Chain is one of them. H and he had the three touchdowns in that game, right? Yeah, it's three or four. Uh, Do you submit Devon Achan? I'm good with Achan. Let's try it. Let's try it. Devon Achan, number two, with fifty-one point three half P- or full PPR points against Denver. Okay. Want to want to go most or um, two? What do you think we should do, Tyreek first? It's your call. Whatever you want to do. Damn, I'm trying. I'm trying to remember the points from that game because the winning lineup that week had Achan and Mostert in it. Damn it, was it? I don't. I want to say it was in the mid 30s, but I could be wrong. It could be like 42. He's Shit. also had an insane game. I, I know Mostert only had two touchdowns in that game, though. I think right, or did they both have three? I don't they, remember. They both had three. Damn. Then it's got to be Mostert, right? Yeah. All right, Mostert. Raheem Mostert with 45.2 points against the Denver Broncos. Is it, is it CMC because you won that parlay on him of three yeah, touchdowns? Yeah, that's true. He had the four touchdowns against Arizona. Yeah. CMC. CMC is on this list twice. Let's go. So we're done with running back then, right? Check, check this out. CMC had 48.7 points against Arizona and then 41.7 points against Arizona. <laughs> all so, all uh, all running backs are gone. So you're saying that Justin Fields is going to have a day on Sunday. <laughs> okay, so we have two quarterbacks and seven wide receivers remaining. All right. So we got to do Tyreek, right? Yeah, or is that too Tyreke. obvious? No, it's yeah. got Tyreek. All right, Tyreek. Tyreek Hill is on the list with his performance in week 1 against the Chargers, 44 and a half points. Let's go. 
CD Lamb, you think? Did he have a three, a three touch, a two or three touchdown game? I don't think so. He's close. He's been blown up, though. That's the problem. He's doing that Justin Jefferson right. shit. He's putting up like 26 points a game. Tank Dell, right? He had a crazy game. A couple of them. Yeah, I'm cool with guessing Tank. Tank Dell. Tank Dell's not on the list. Damn no. It. Is it Nico? Damn it. What about Josh Allen? I know Josh Allen's had a 40-point game, right? I believe so. In, in a higher-scoring league that I play in, he did. But he's also had some pretty crap games this year. But I think one of them was over 40. All right, Josh Allen. Josh Allen versus Philadelphia, 40.7 points. So that's one quarterback, so we need one more. He has six. You have six of the eight you need. You have two strikes. Um, I feel like the about, quarterback's going to be dumb as shit. What if it's Tua, maybe? Because it's thrown to Reek. Yeah. Um, yeah, six receivers, one quarterback. Has AJ, AJ Brown had... Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. We both guessed it, so let's do A.J. Brown. Okay. A.J. Brown is not on my list. No. Damn. You can get one more wrong. I would advise you to uh, not... I would advise you to focus on the wide receivers and not the quarterbacks. Yeah. So are we talking, like, super athletic guys or, like, sneaky guys? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Puka's cracked 40. I think this week he cracked, like, 30? Right? Yeah, it's thirty-three. Um, I, I don't think it'd be Pittman. We don't think it's Pittman. Maybe I don't think so. Did Jefferson have a really good game in the beginning of the year? I don't think so. I don't think he's ever cracked more than thirty-five. What about DJ Moore? Is DJ Moore had? What about that first game? Oh yeah, he did have that three touchdown game. I think yeah, he can see. I remember I Sean played him against me. Let's go, DJ Moore. Yeah, he had like fifty in our league. DJ Moore is correct. DJ yes. Moore had DJ Moore had 49 points against Washington. Oh my god. That's ridiculous. Yeah, that was that three touchdown game. You need one more. You have one strike to go and you still have not got uh first the highest single fantasy point performance of the season. Yeah. And you're also missing your double. That's right. Who has put up stupid numbers? When we hear it, we're going to be like, oh, yeah, I remember that game. Uh, 1,000. 1,000%. This is around the spot. Damn it. I mean, you we didn't. You said CD earlier. We have that one in the back we, pocket. We, yeah, we never guessed him, though. He's definitely, he hasn't had two if he did have one. I don't think he's gotten there, though, yet this year. Nobody, nobody from Kansas City. No. Um, Keaton Allen, maybe? Oh, yeah, Keenan. Yeah, he had that, like, 15-catch game. You want to do that? We're going to live or die by the Chargers. All right. Let's charge it up. Keenan Allen is on there twice. Yes! Hell yeah. Fuck yeah. So you went one over. Uh, Keenan Allen had 45.5 points against Minnesota, and Keenan Allen had 40.5 points against Detroit. He had less than that against the Bears, so the Bears are therefore the best team in the division. Uh, I'll take it. I'll take it. There you go. So great job, guys. You win. You're back in. You did it. Oh yeah. All right. So let's talk our shits to riches games. 
I like Detroit and Minnesota this week. It's not the highest point total. Um, can't remember because I don't know the sports book open right now. I think it's around 45 or 47, something like that. 47. Okay. Should be should be a pretty good game. Although recently Minnesota has been a little bit better against the running backs. So I'm kind of weary to bet like a touchdown bet, especially after Montgomery failed to get in the end zone last week. And it was like the Gibbs show. Yeah. But there's going to be a lot of points in this game. I like Hawk. I like Laporta. I like Amonra. I think Amonra is going to have a sick game, sick line this week. I hope you're right. I'm already taking him. Uh, one of my top five bets of the week is uh, over six and a half receptions. I think he's probably, I might even go in and bet like his alternate uh, 100 yard line. Um, but uh, I think he's going to have a really good game this week too, especially if Minnesota can figure out what's going on at quarterback. And um, did they, they didn't say who's starting this week yet. Did they? It's, I think it's Nick Mullins. It's Nick Mullins. Because earlier today, there wasn't any lines for quarterbacks uh, in that game. It was just golf stuff. But okay. Yeah, it's Nick Mullins. Let's ball it out and have an awesome game. Detroit, Minnesota. Hell yeah. Shane? I got Jacksonville, Tampa Bay. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Hell yeah. Both, both these teams are playing for playoffs. Uh, Jacksonville is spiraling really hard. They got to right the ship. Right. And Tampa Bay is about to win the division. So I think uh, we're going to see Baker bake on this bad secondary. And, uh, yeah, I'm excited for it. I think that what they're doing with Trevor Lawrence right now is about practice. They should have just rested him, but that's just my take. I think he's yeah, sitting this week. Is he? For yeah. real? Yeah, because okay. con- so, concussion. So who is it then? Beat hard? Yep. Or yep. Uh, it is beat hard? Yeah, beat hard. Beat nice. it hard. <laughs> Um, okay, my shits to riches game is a game that could either end uh, ten to seven or thirty three twenty eight. So I am assuming that the Seattle Tennessee game will end thirty three to twenty eight. I think this is a huge DK Metcalf week. Um, nice. I think okay if Tennessee is like you know what we let Will Levis do like some cool shit. Like what if we let Tannehill do some of this cool shit? While Levis is out, if Levis is out, I don't know. I don't mind Derrick Henry this week, but I think this is this game screams DK Metcalf three touchdown, two touchdown game. See, but can sure. like Ryan Tannehill pass the ball more than five yards? No, that's why Spears is getting like eighty yards every week, except for last week. Well, I mean, we'll see, we'll see. Um, I I think that these two teams play a lot of clown ball and so we could see some a defensive touchdown we could see a punt return or a kickoff for a touchdown like these are two as the experts say high variance teams so i expect something stupid and i think seattle tennessee could be a fun one so those are our shits to riches games boys uh so last but not least ryan why don't we take a trip all right guys so in Christmas fashion, I'm looking up all this like Christmas and Santa trivia, and I came upon a really interesting fact. So, Tony might know this. I highly doubt Shane knows this. <laughs> In your um, face. <laughs> <laughs> but do you know where Jay Cutler is from? Yeah. He is from a little town in southern Indiana yep. called Santa Claus, Indiana. <laughs> 
Um, it's where it's one of those gimmick towns where like kids, you know, they they've only got like a five or six thousand population, but kids send all their uh, like Santa letters to that Santa Claus post office, and the government actually pays people to write kids letters back, uh, which is kind of cool. But since there's not too much to talk about in Santa Claus, Indiana, <laughs> um, <laughs> it is right in the vicinity of a town that we're going to profile today. Guys, let's go to Cincinnati. Okay. It was known as the Paris of America in the 18th century because of a lot of the architecture that they had. Yes, it is on the Ohio River, and yes, as part of the Lewis and Clark expedition. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it it's actually in the 1800s uh, before the railroads. It was a huge, huge port for uh, car cargo and shipping um, because everything was flowing from like Eastern Pennsylvania through the Ohio River into the Mississippi, so they could get down to the Gulf. It's a huge shipping lane. That's why this city propped up. They've got a lot. Of, they've got some first. Uh, 1793. Um, they were the first settlement in Ohio to ever publish its own newspaper. In 1835, they uh, had the first bag of airmail lifted by a hot air balloon. Oh, so you yeah. heard of the Pony Express? You ain't heard of the Hot Air Balloon <laughs> Express. Nice. All right. Uh, in 1869. Um, that is when the first professional American baseball team started. And guess who it is? The Cincinnati Reds. They're the oldest baseball team in America. Okay. Well, pro professional team. Sorry. Not the sure. oldest. But um, in 1902, uh, the U.S. Ingalls building uh, was built. And it was the first concrete skyscraper in America. Oh. Uh, yeah. Um. 1952, uh, they had the first heart and lung machine invented in this, this city, which makes uh, heart surgery possible. Okay. Not exactly sure what it does, but I, or you know, it, it's probably that machine that keeps your blood flowing while they're operating on the heart. I'm guessing. Okay. Um, they have one of the most disgusting dishes I've ever tried in my life, and it's <laughs> called Cincinnati. It's called Cincinnati chili. It is not good. It's like that. Okay, you know, out here in the Midwest, you know, in, in Illinois at least, in Chicagoland, uh, chili to me is, you know, ground beef, onions, peppers, uh, beans, uh, basically anything you got in the garden. Throw it into your chili with some tomatoes and some sauce and put some, spice it up a little bit. Um, this is not, this looks like, you know, when, when you have to go to the bathroom really bad. Um, <laughs> It's just like loose chili. That's just, there's no beans. It's just runny. And then they pour it all over a, a thing of spaghetti and then put like nacho cheese sauce on top. It, it was not good. I immediately had to go to the bathroom after that. Uh, they, they have famous stuff. Uh, and one of them's that. People love it for some reason. I don't get it. Um, anyways. <laughs> uh, Rain Man. Uh, epic Dustin Hoffman film was filmed in Cincinnati. Of course. Uh, Tango Tango and Cash was also filmed in Cincinnati. Okay. Here's one for you, Tony. Seabiscuit, filmed in Cincinnati. Awesome. <laughs> so they used, because of the, like I said earlier, in the 1800s when they were a huge shipping lane, 
the, the town used to be called Porkopolis. All right. <laughs> because they had eight, over 48 pork processing facilities um, in the area to service um, anyone down the Ohio River and anyone along the Mississippi. And they could even ship it to the Gulf and send it down to South America. Okay. Cincinnati is the capital of Cornhall. Or, sorry, Cornhall. You know, the bags game? Yeah. Um, the American Cornhall Organization was formed in 2005 in Cincinnati. 1853. They had the first fully paid fire department ever in the U.S. So before it was all just volunteer. This is where it became an actual job and you got paid to do it. In 1842, um, they built the Cincinnati Observatory and right now it is the oldest uh, observatory in the U.S. and the entire Western Hemisphere. Right? So remember that observatory we went to Tony at NIU for astronomy class? Fuck yeah, dude. It's way bigger than that. (laughs) And they... (laughs) They can see like planets and shit. Um, let's see. Uh, the magic eight ball, you know, the thing that you would shake up and give you a random answer. It was invented in Cincinnati in 1944. Of course it was. Um, right? Tony, since, you know, I did a lot of Christmas stuff, um, I decided to incorporate some Jewish stuff as well. So, Cincinnati in 1850 was home to the first ever U.S. Jewish hospital. Ah, yes. Originally set up to treat Jewish cholera patients. Ah. Interesting Jewish fact for you. There it is. Um, and that'll, that'll be all for the rest of the segment. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> so they have uh, what's called the running of the wieners. It's a dash hound race, you know, the wiener dogs yeah. that they do during Oktoberfest every year. They have a really big Oktoberfest, I guess. Frederick Bauer, uh, he was the inventor of the Pringles can. He is buried in Cincinnati. They cremated his ashes and put them in a Pringles can and buried it. <laughs> it is too. <laughs> I'm, I'm serious. Hell yeah. Because he, invent, he invented the can. Um, they have a really famous uh, Cincinnati music hall. And it's so, so haunted that it was featured on an episode of Ghost Hunters uh, in the 2000s, like 2012 or 2014, something like that. All right, there's since this is a big city too, when we move on, let's talk about some people from Cincinnati, all right? It's time. We'll get some uh, guys out of the way here. Uh, Spencer Ware, famous football player. True. Uh, one of my favorite linebackers of all time, Luke Keekley, mm-hmm. is from Cincinnati. We've got, let's see, Jim Cope, the founder of Sam Adams Beer, the guy you see on the commercials from Cincinnati. Of course. Nick Lachey, uh, singer from 98 Degrees. In fact, all the 98 Degrees boys are from Cincinnati. How about that? (laughs) Right? Jerry Springer used to be the mayor of Cincinnati. Yes, sir. We've got uh, a rock group called the Ass Ponies. I'd never heard of them, but <laughs> I, it was a really good name, so I wanted to say that. <laughs> we've got some presidents from Cincinnati. Uh, let's see. We've got um, Ulysses S. Grant, uh, Civil War um, president, the 18th president. We also have Benjamin Harrison, the uh, 23rd president. Don't know a lot about him. What did he do? Anything special? I don't know. Like, he's just... I mean, he's, he's a jag, really, but like... 
William Henry Harrison's the better one. This dude's just like kind of an old douche. He didn't really do like a ton. He okay. wasn't fat enough to be cool like Taft. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. The next president from this uh, city is William Howard Taft. There he is, the Taft 27th. man. 27th president. Famous Cincinnati uh, baseball player, um, Pete Rose, is also from the city. Um, yes. He has something crazy. Like, yeah, he's got over 4,256 hits. Um, and that's still the record today, and I don't even think anyone's close to that. He also got involved in a lot of illegal gambling, and but I still feel like he should be in the Hall of Fame at least oh, yeah. for this. He, yeah. he should totally do commercials for like FanDuel, right? That'd oh hell yeah! Great. Yeah. <laughs> On a darker note, Charles Manson is from Cincinnati and born Woo-hoo! there. There you go. There you go. He's the uh, Pete Rose, Pete Rose of serial killers. <laughs> That's right. Um, Tony Bootsy Collins, famous bass funk Let's bassist, go. is from city of Cincinnati. Let's One of my go. favorite funk bassists. Uh, played oh, yeah. with uh, James Brown. Played with everyone. Bootsy's, um, Bootsy's number two for me. It's James Jamerson number one all day. Okay. Okay. Because you know he did uh, all he did all the um, the Motown records. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you're right. Uh, George Clooney from Cincinnati. Also okay. his father also his father and mother who are famous actors and producers are from Cincinnati. Nepo baby. Yep. <laughs> uh, Roy Rogers, the famous singing cowboy from the fifties. Uh, he's from Cincinnati. Ted Turner, media mogul from Cincinnati. Damn. Um the uh, original writers of Twist and Shout before the Beatles made it famous, the Isley Brothers, are from Cincinnati. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, another football player, Roger Staubach, by the way, Hall of Fame hey. quarterback. Bernard Kroger, the founder of Kroger's grocery uh, <laughs> stores. Thank God. Finally, someone with some cultural merit. Right? Um, some baseball players. We got Andrew Benintendi. Uh, Josh Harrison, Barry Larkin, uh, Ken Griffey Jr. is not uh, from Cincinnati, but he put Cincinnati on the map with his famous hitting career back in the 90s. One of the most famous people, though, uh, from here is, in fact, Neil Armstrong, the first man on the moon, who was later a professor at the University of Cincinnati in the 70s. Nerd. Right? He punches people in the face. That's cool. That is kind of cool. <laughs> we got Tom Segura, Cat William, comedians. Um, Carmen Electra is from uh, Cincinnati. Lover. Ooh, yeah, that's right. Uh, Sarah Jessica Parker. Okay. And there's there's like a slew of like politicians from the city too, but I didn't want to go get. I didn't want to delve into that uh, rabbit hole. The Kelsey brothers are from, are from Cincinnati, right? Or are they from a lot? They played college ball in Cincinnati. Okay, okay, that's right. Who did I miss, Tony? You missed. I got two. My man, John Moxley, the okay. ace of yeah, the yeah. ace of all elite wrestling. Um, probably one of the best wrestlers in the world, I would say. Um, and then, Icicle Reader. <laughs> Icicle um, Reader. What? Did yeah, he... he played baseball. Uh, okay. Yeah, he played. He played for the Red Stockings and the Washington okay. Nationals, 
and he died in 1913 in Cincinnati of a disease titled General Paralysis of the Insane. What? So I, I looked it up, and it's... Uh, like schizophrenia? It's, no, it's syphilitic dementia. Oh, STI dementia, okay. Yeah, this dude fucked. The one that Capone died of. Yep, Icicle Reader, he fucked. And I wanted to point Damn. out, can I shout out real quick a couple of... Uh, Cincinnati's sister cities, Amman, Jordan, okay. uh, Harare, Zimbabwe. There's got to be one in Japan, I bet. Oh, yeah, Gifu, Japan. And, I knew uh, it. dude, shout out Munich, Germany. Damn. Gross. That's a big one. That's a big one. Hell yeah. That was awesome. I love Cincinnati. Um, I got friends down there. I've, I've played in Cincinnati before. Kicks ass. Everything cool. except their chili, I love about it. <laughs> yeah, well, it's it's like, like they have a sizable college campus in like the heart of the city too. It's pretty cool. Yeah, right. Yeah, they got yeah, University of Cincinnati. University of Cincinnati's been there since like the 1860s or something like that. Exactly. There forever. Exactly. All right. Well, I think that's 112, my friends. That. Yep. Thanks for oh, uh, yeah. getting seasonal and and bringing some Christmas stuff to the to the table and. We will, uh, you know, enjoy our holidays. I hope anybody listening, I hope you enjoy your holidays as well. Um, any last Fight thoughts before uncle. we go? There you Fight go. Your Fight uncle. your uncle. Um, what else? Ryan? Uh, don't eat the fruitcake. Don't eat the fruitcake. And me, I'm Jewish, so I don't have to say anything. Uh, happy football. You Good luck. Have, you, have, you have to light your eight candles or... Eight crazy bro, nights or whatever. Bro, I, I did that shit like two <laughs> weeks ago. Where you been? Jews got it in early this year. Sorry, I have I haven't watched the Adam Sandler movie yet this holiday <laughs> Good, like a real Jew. All right. All right, everyone. Good night. We'll see you soon. Happy Bye. holidays, everyone. Bye. Bye. Bye.